ready. Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Okay, everybody. Welcome back. That's my cut-down intro, Tom. Normally, it runs about two minutes. People said there's too much music. So, (laughs) it's all good. Hey, it works, man. I like it. Hey, you want to open us up in prayer today? Sure, sure. Father, I just want to give you thanks for this day, Lord. Uh, We rejoice in this day. You created this moment, Lord. This is providential. We ask God for your blessing on everything that we're going to talk about. Lord, we want to reach people with truth, God. We want to preach the gospel. We want to let everybody know how great you are. We want to expose the works of the enemy. So I just ask God for your blessing on what we're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Tom, you can talk about anything here uh, uncensored. Um, I don't have to worry about YouTube anymore. So uh, I actually feel free because, you know, before I had to filter certain subjects, couldn't talk about it. And uh, I really did try hard uh, to sidestep some certain buzzwords, but every time I would, they'd end up getting me with the AI. They'd go back and find an older video and then give me the strike. And I said, I'm done. I'm going where I'm treated best. And, uh, well, we can talk about any, anything, and we're going to talk about some hardcore stuff uh, going forward on these shows. Um, I want to thank you for accepting the invitation, Tom, to come on, and uh, we're really happy to be here with you today. For those that may not know who you are, let's start off by, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are in your ministry, and um, we'll dive on in. Well, hey, thank you so much for having me on. This has been a long time coming. Um And I am uh, so privileged to be here hanging out with you and uh, the listeners today. For anybody that doesn't know me, my name is Tom Dunn, and I'm just a guy um, who has a family, a wife and kids, and um, just just doing my thing. But uh, what happened was uh, I had a major paradigm shift uh, about 15 years ago where I didn't go looking for where I'm at right now. I, I didn't go looking to be here, but God put me here. And some events happened in my life, and uh, I began to, as you say, uh, be red-pilled, right? And um, and went down a path that I never thought that I would end up. I grew up in church, uh, loved the Lord, and uh, I was probably what you could say a carnal Christian, Okay. Uh, if you can put those two words together, and uh, just had struggles in my life. And um, uh, about 15 years ago, I just began asking uh, in prayer, Lord, what's going on? Something seems off, and I'm praying that he would reveal truth to me. And boy, did he ever. It was not long after that that uh, I found uh, a guy by the name of Russ Dizdar, and uh, I found him uh, through podcast, and I started listening to him. And I said, I think this guy lives in my state uh, by some of the things he was saying. And, and it sounds like he doesn't live too far away. So I reached out to him and uh, just began um, corresponding through email. And uh, this guy was super busy. But long story short, I ended up going all around the world with this guy and going on adventures and learning things that, um, uh, let me just put it this way. Uh, the more unbelievable or the crazier that it sounds, the more likely it was to be true. That's what I found out when I started to hang out with Russ Dizdar. Of course, uh, 
uh, this guy was known. Uh, he, he was just kind of getting getting started back then on on podcasts, but he's well known now in our circles as the go to guy uh, in deliverance, in exposing uh, satanic cults and uh, and things like this. Of course, uh, we lost him about a year and a half ago. Uh, but I had the privilege of spending a lot of time with this guy. We went to Germany, to Poland, to Scotland, to all over the United States, conferences, and uh, Boots on the Ground Ministry where we were doing uh, occult crime investigation. So, I, you know, I went from just kind of um, uh, going to work and going to church to uh, being immersed into this crazy world of uh of dealing with the occultist and helping the survivors and and learning how to do deliverance and learning how to um uh minister to the people that have been abused so uh i i tell my wife all the time i'm like you know i didn't do this right this had to be the lord i i didn't i didn't pick this but i'll tell you what uh i'm i'm glad that god moved in this way and uh, that he's been in control but uh, there's no way that I could have done this. You know, you mentioned Russ Isdar. Uh, we sure do miss him. Uh, over the years, after I started a podcast back in 2010, um, I had the honor to have him on a number of times and uh, always looked forward to those programs, Todd, because he would come on, and he had recently been on uh, some new adventure. And, man, some of the stories that he told, just amazing. Uh what was going out there you know i had no idea um yeah but he would you know take trips and, and go through um salem massachusetts and uh you mentioned germany i remember he did a program with us uh, and he was we did a whole show on him going over and um visiting vadelsberg castle did you ever get a chance to see that with him yeah i was with him on that adventure oh man and <laughs> yeah yeah we went we went over there uh, we went several different places, but we went to Wadelsburg Castle. And the reason why he wanted to go there is just because of all of the survivors that he encountered, that he ministered to, that talked about Wadelsburg Castle. And uh, some of them had um, had testimonies that they had been taken there and that rituals had been done. So we wanted to go there. We wanted to pray for it. We wanted to investigate it. And uh, that's what we did. You know, I actually have uh, video footage, unreleased video footage from that trip that uh, that we've that is yet to be released. We're gonna. Uh, I've been looking at a lot of it, but it was a crazy adventure. We went right into what's called the crypt. Okay, and uh, all of this is there. They they've uh, kind of made this castle into like a museum now, and you can see all of these artifacts in the museum area, and the Nazis. Um, this was their occult center of the world. And uh, there were some blueprints there in that museum, and it showed what they wanted to do. They were going to make this the center of the world once they took it over. This was their plan. And the crypt, the chamber where they did the rituals, was the, um, the exact center of the world according uh, to their blueprints that they had um, uh, on display there in that museum. So we went in there, we prayed, we prayed against anything that had been done. We prayed for uh, victims, you know, that have been abused in that place and against any rituals that have been done. And we prayed against uh, the um, the Nazi agenda, you know, uh, past and present and future and the satanic agenda and uh, 
uh, right, you know, uh, we went right down there. It's kind of interesting that when you go to that crypt, okay, there are two places that you're not allowed to videotape on that whole on the, in that whole castle. And one is the crypt, and the other is the room right above it, which was called the war room. And if you look on the floor of the war room, there's a giant black sun uh, emblem. So if anybody is familiar with occultic uh, symbolism, you know, might know what I'm talking about. It looks like a big wheel, okay? And it's in the floor of that, and that's where they used to go above this crypt, the ritual chamber, to make... Um, uh, decisions, uh, military decisions. So, yeah, it was an adventure. We went in there, and uh, Russ uh, set, uh, stood right in the center of that place and prayed. And uh, it was it was kind of an interesting uh, uh, day, I'll tell you that. Now, I had heard stories that uh, if you were an SS, of course, you had the death head ring that they issued to you. And mm -hmm. uh, when you died... Uh, that ring was to be sent back to Vadelsburg Castle. And uh, uh, supposedly there was a big box of them with uh, hundreds of rings. I don't know, maybe thousands. I don't know how many SS had died, but um, and then it like, mysteriously disappeared. But um, what was actually going on, you think, down in that uh, lower chamber? Um, were they doing um, occultic ceremonies? Um, is there? I've never been there myself. I've just seen some pictures, but I understand that. Yeah. There's a place in the middle well, that maybe a cauldron set at one time. What what can you tell me? about Yeah, that? you know what? Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about when you that that cauldron. There's actually a documentary that that somebody made about that, and uh, yeah, right there in the middle of that, they found that cauldron by the way in a lake somewhere. Yeah, and they said that that it uh, was originally in that room. Uh, when you go, when you, and you people can look up this. Uh, this room online there's pictures of it you can see it's really bizarre uh it's set up for ritual right and and the sound in there is really kind of interesting because if you stand in the center of the room and talk the echo is different than anywhere else in the room so not only i mean this room is set up um very um uh strategically as far as acoustics okay it was engineered very specifically so, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any doc, like documentation as far as photographs of them doing rituals in there, but that's, that's what they say. And in the museum, there are all kinds of artifacts with occult ruins on them. Now, also, you need to check out Villigat, okay? This was uh, Himmler's, and by the way, the nickname of this castle is called Himmler's Castle. Oh. And, the, um, yeah, so Villigat is, um, was Himmler's uh, right-hand man. He was, he was the occultist to the Nazis, okay, uh, and involved in all this. Uh, I remember on the trip over there, Russ uh, gave me a book by Villigat, and I... Uh, I have it in the other room, but I can't remember the name of it right now. But Villigat spelled with a W, of course, because there's that German pronunciation. But you can look this guy up. Um, and he was the occultist to Himmler. Of course, the Nazis, very steeped in occultism, very involved in it, um, and very um, involved in bloodshed. I'm very interested in this subject. Um a sideline that I do, and I do a program with a, a friend named Harry Cooper every couple months of sharkhunters.com is uh, 
looking in and tracking the history of uh, the Nazis that, that got out uh, at the end of the war and some of the deals that were cut. Various governments, uh, we, know, we know about Operation Paperclip, for example, brought some of the right. scientists over. And that's one of the you know more well-known programs, but there was a lot of other stuff going on. And uh, I'm interested in where these guys got away to. You know, we, we know um, Mingale lived over there till about 1980, 81. Uh, that's a long time. The, you know, the Dr. Frankenstein from Auschwitz. Um, uh-huh. Adolf Eichmann, they picked him up, I think, in the 60s and took him back and hung him in Israel. But uh, many other people got out. And uh, there's a lot of us that actually believe that even Adolf Hitler, uh, Eva Braun, and the number two guy, Martin Bormann, escaped. And uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, didn't they find his, uh, you know, his body? Well, they really didn't find his body conclusively, and what they thought were the uh, jawbone of uh, Hitler and the cranium turned out to be from a woman <laughs> uh, in the Russian wow. archive. Yeah. So nobody ever found his body, and there's a, enough evidence uh, to go either way, but I kind of uh, tend to believe that he he probably did get out, and uh, I'm interested in this whole network. You know, most of these guys are probably dead now, but... Uh, uh, well... They're I, nothing, yeah, nothing would surprise me. And when we're talking about Operation Paperclip, that's the one I'm most familiar with. I, I read that book last year, and when Russ passed, I really felt compelled to to familiarize myself with a lot of stuff that he knew. Okay, yes, the, you know information that died with him. So I started studying, you know, some of this stuff, and I read the book Operation Paperclip. I live in the state of Ohio in the United States, and. Um, we received a lot of Nazis, not Germans, okay, not Germans, Nazis, okay, Um, that came here, and they were involved in our military. They were involved in, to a certain aspect, you know, politics. CIA? All right? Yeah. Yes. And um, uh, there's uh, there's an area uh, here in Ohio where there's a city called Dayton, and a lot of them you know, uh, ended up there. They, they ended up in a b- bunch of different places, but Ohio is one of the places where we received a lot of these Nazis. And it's kind of interesting, uh, the deal that the United States military made with the devil, so to speak, to receive, they wanted this, um, they wanted this technology, okay? Which we believe, okay, the technology the Germans got was, um, was supernatural technology was demonic influence technology okay and um uh, not only that but uh, there were a lot of other things that went with that you know as far as uh uh, drug use and occultism and, and all that stuff besides the technology so um we um um yeah, we made a deal with the devil as far as I'm concerned with uh you know with these Nazis and one of the reasons that they use is so that the um, so that the other countries, uh, namely Russia, wouldn't get a hold of this technology. There were a lot of politicians that fought it, and they said no, no, no. And then they were able to convince them when they said, "If we don't, if we don't get these guys, okay, um, then the the enemy is going to get these guys." So that's how they were able to do it. Um, anyway, you know this whole thing that's a, that's just a fact of history yes and this you know kind of dovetails with this whole uh, area of sra and 
occult practitioners out there. I mean, the Nazis uh, were, st- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Steeped in occultism, especially Himmler. Um, there's reports out that um, Himmler was sent out to uh, get the uh, Spear of Destiny, which they had up until the end of the yeah. war. Now, whether or not it was a real spear or not, that's to be debated, but they had it. Um, and then, of course, uh, did the Germans not get over there and um, actually excavate, um, uh, let's see, uh, Satan's seat over there? Pergamum. What? Pergamum, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and relocated um, to Berlin, something like that? Yeah. Matter of fact, when uh, I was with Russ on that trip to Germany, we took a train into Berlin, but we got there too late. We were going to go to the seat of Satan, Pergamum, Amazing. which has been restored. Okay. Yeah. And that this is so crazy. They dug this thing up and took it back. Okay, to Berlin, and uh, uh, completely restored it. And you can see the influence of this um, Pergamum uh, seat of Satan talked about in the Book of Revelation, all over German architecture. Right. Uh, they were influenced this and even it was even used as recently um, in the DNC um, Democratic National Party um, oh what was it whatever the uh, uh, the acceptance for uh, Barack Obama or yes they uh, That's um, right. they accepted him as a candidate right so the nomination um, back in I want to say 2008 or maybe it was 2007. Yes. So, no, no, no. It would have been 2008, 2009, maybe. But um, anyway, yeah, they were... Um, that was directly influenced by the seed of Satan, the altar, you know? They're dug up out of Pergamum. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, all the influences, and people don't consider the spiritual implications of these things. Track with us on this. Uh, we're giving you a little bit of history and going to bring you up to current on what uh, Tom is working on and the film that he made detestable. Um, but these occultists uh, were in control of the Third Reich. And uh, a lot of material is coming out. And they would torture people. There was human, I mean, there was human experimentation. Uh, all kinds of wicked things going on uh, through the Nazi organization. And... Uh, Thankfully, some people escaped and were able to, uh, to tell the tale. Uh, i tell you where I'm at right now. I'm, uh, I'm hot on the trail um, learning more about a, um, a post-war concentration camp, if you will, that was built over in Chile. It's, it's known as Colonia Dignidad, and there was a movie mm-hmm. made a few years ago. And uh, one of the um, Nazis from Germany gets over to Chile and sets this camp up. And if you were to approach it, you know, it's uh, it's set on a lot of acreage and it has uh, the same type of um, a wire that you would find going around a uh, concentration camp. And this is the, the kind of stuff to keep people from the end, from inside getting out. Uh, Watchtowers, a guy named Paul Schaefer. And uh, he lived up until about 10 years ago. Uh, the Chilean government allowed this guy to come out there and build a, a massive cult. He was involved in pedophilia, human trafficking, torture, and uh, under the Pinochet government, Tom, he um, would receive many 
political prisoners that the government would send over and they would torture and interrogate them in some of the underground torture chambers. And uh, this guy knew all the uh, Gestapo tactics. And a lot of people went in there, did not come out. There's a lot of other stuff involved with him. It's even believed uh, Mingley visited for a while, as uh, as did other Nazis. But, you know, there was a whole network, you know, the Odessa organization smuggling these guys out. And their spinner, the spider, um, and these networks that formed after the war, and even before, you know, that they started to lay the groundwork, that... Uh, would go on to create 750 multinational corporations under Martin Mormon, who controlled the you know the keys of the kingdom of the the Third Reich and had the money, and uh, I think many of these organizations are probably on the scene today. Uh, interesting that uh, we're hearing about Ukraine over there and uh, reports of Nazis in Ukraine. What's that about? Guys wearing yeah, no, swastikas. No doubt. Okay, yeah. I want to I want to sit on Ukraine for just a minute. Um, I know one of your specialties is um, going after uh, SRA and um, you're interested in exposing human trafficking, and that's a big subject right now. Um, I'm hearing reports, Tom, that Ukraine may be one of the um, top places for trafficking of not only people, but a lot of children I'm hearing are turning up missing organs over there have you heard anything about ukraine and human trafficking you know i haven't i have not heard that but it does not surprise me and it makes sense that um you know they're doing things like this of course we've heard um uh the confirmations of all kinds of labs in the ukraine u.s medical labs right Right. experimentation labs where they're creating, you know, who knows what, you know, types of viruses over there. So, um, we, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, let me just say this. Um, the, the traffickers are going to go where people are vulnerable, right? Yes. And they're, they're looking uh, for opportunities. They're opportunists. They're predators. And, of course, they're going to show up in a place like Ukraine where children are going to be... Um, basically exposed okay uh in in a way where uh you know parents are killed or there's separation or um there's the chaos of war where they can come in and take these children okay that um uh children are their products so they're looking for a way to get them uh uh europe eastern eastern europe all over europe i mean it's a mess as far as trafficking when russ and i went to scotland a few years ago i i mean um, Shannon, if 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 they are um, taking kids and finding ways to kidnap kids, there is such a problem with kidnapping in Scotland. They got gigantic posters up in the mall. Uh, wow. uh, Russ and I were there. I'm, I'm talking like you know five foot posters, three foot wide, uh, just um, about trafficking and missing kids, and kids are missing and kids are missing. That's what we kept seeing when we were in Scotland. So if they're doing that in that place, it's like, where are they taking the kids, okay? Right. Uh, the UK is an island. Where, where are they taking these kids? Um, you know that they're doing it in the Ukraine, and they're doing it in these other places where um, there are vulnerabilities. And the vulnerability could be anything from war to uh, poverty to uh, just, a pro- you know, just a promise of work, a promise of I- anything. So I-, I would not be surprised that this is going on. And I would not be surprised... 
um, about uh, at the at the people involved. Okay, and I'll just throw out some you know some names like the UN. Okay, like even our own country. Okay, the United States um, and uh, and uh, um, the uh, powers that be, obviously involved in this. There's money to be made when somebody traffics drugs. They sell the drugs. The drugs are gone. Okay, yes. they can't they can't reuse those drugs, but they can traffic a person, and that's a commodity that has a lot longer life than a drug. What uh, what would you define? Uh, human trafficking as um, why don't we just start there the basic definition what well, is human trafficking the exploitation of um, of any human being uh, uh, you know the it's modern day uh, slavery okay the exploitation of human beings whether it be through forced labor through um, uh, forced um, sex work or even um, um, organ harvesting Okay, wow. so that's what they're using this for. That's what they're doing in human trafficking. God have mercy. And we, yeah, and here in America, human trafficking is out of control. It's out of control. Now, um, I can understand the uh, sexual trafficking. That would make sense. Um, they capture these ladies and now even men and children. Uh, but what just blew my mind was when I heard. They're actually taking their organs and a term I only learned about not long ago called adrenochrome. What is adrenochrome? Adrenochrome is um, basically the best way to describe it. It's blood spiked with adrenaline, okay? And uh, anybody can look this up. It's the idea of, um, um, you know, where somebody is terrified okay uh to the point you know um that their emotions are high and uh adrenaline courses through their body okay they take that they draw the blood from these people that are that are terrified that are traumatized and they become addicted uh to this adrenaline adrenalized blood okay um we hear you know of course the um the time that it went public was in the film about um, about Hunter S. Thompson. Okay, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's mentioned in that movie, but um, uh, you know when we hear about uh, satanic ritual abuse and these testimonies, they will torture these victims. Okay, and put them through all kinds of trauma before they kill them, and then they you know um, they draw their blood, they drink their blood, they cannibalize them. And they become addicted to that. Um, you know, I'm thinking of just, uh, you know, books that I've read and testimonies that I've heard of people addicted to blood, blood drinking and cannibalism. It sounds so crazy to us, right? It sounds like something that would come from a third world um, untouched tribe, a cannibal, you know. Right. But um, uh, what we find is um, these whistleblowers that come out um, from these elites, okay, whether you know think of jeffrey epstein think of uh think of bankers you know uh I, I can't remember the guy's last name bernard uh this uh dutch banker that came out you know oh, yeah. uh it's been over five years ago and gave the testimony of cannibalism and things like this so i don't know you got me all fired up but oh, um, man uh you know I, this the evidence is overwhelming it's crazy to even have this conversation but it's real it's real and it, it just shocks people so much that they're just like okay i don't want to believe this is real 
it's definitely real and it's not just you know in these untouched you know tribes uh you know um in the middle of a jungle somewhere it happens uh you know in places like america the uk australia all around the world uh you know we hear the testimonies of cannibalism and blood drinking i had no idea um i had heard would hear these things over the years and i thought well maybe it's not it's just an isolated case and i just would uh, move on not anymore it's so in your face now that not only is this real but this is the real pandemic if you will folks um jeffrey epstein uh, tells of torture over there on the from the Lolita Express to go on the island. We haven't even been told all the truth there. Why don't they release the names, Tom, in those Rolodexes? Uh, how many? Because people? their names are on the list. That's why. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I remember when Pizzagate a few years ago started to circulate. People said, oh, that's just fantasy. And I just kind of shrugged it off. Not anymore. Um, it's come out, I think, in the Times or the Post here a few weeks ago. They're admitting to this stuff yeah. was was true. This stuff we thought was a conspiracy. No, this is real stuff, folks. Um, but my only interaction was it was growing up. I just remember the milk cartons with the you know the, the missing kid on the on the side, and I thought, man, what happened? You know, kidnappings. But this is going on so much now. You mentioned Scotland. I I think that's a kidnapping capital over there. So many people uh, reporting their kids missing. Um, it's everywhere now. I'm even hearing that uh, many people who are trying to make it through the border to get in America, um, they have to go through rape squads first if they're coming over through the Darien Gap, through uh, Columbia yeah. into Panama. Uh, some some people being raped dozens of times. Uh, many kids are not even making it through. And I'm not making a statement of whether it's right or wrong. I believe in legal immigration, not illegal that's going on now. But... The reason I'm mentioning it is uh, I was not aware until recently that the cartels took control of the borders down there. And it used to be if you want to come in illegally, you hire someone, uh, a coyote, some independent operator. But now the cartels took control. And uh, not only do you got to pay a big price in to get through, you might not get through. They may just take you and sell you right into the into the trade. Are you hearing about big human trafficking at the border? Mexico. Well, yeah. Yeah, Shannon, that's another example of a vulnerability, right? So um, where um, where there's opportunity, the predators are going to show up, and that's what's going on at the border, okay? And that's one of our biggest concerns about this flood of people coming over, okay? Yeah. Um, uh, these people are, you know, wherever they're coming from, they're coming from all over the world, Yeah, and they are... Um, you know, getting out of a situation, who, I mean, who knows what it is, um, that could be, um, you know, poverty, it could be, you know, uh, tyranny, and come trying to get here to America, risking their life, okay? Um, so they're desperate, and predators are going to take advantage of the desperation. Of course, we see the kids, they come across the border, they're put on a bus, and we don't know where they're going, Okay. Uh, we can't track all of these, you know, all this stuff going on. It, I mean, it's just insane. So it, it's probably, like it's a hemorrhage, you know. They're hemorrhaging through the border, and it's a it's a nightmare. These kids are being abducted, 
some of them are having their organs harvested adrenochrome yeah. farms folks everything and more this is insidious is what it is uh, now I I'd heard that uh, people that try to escape from North Korea especially the ladies uh, if, if they happen to make it and there's a big chance that you won't but if you do get over cross the border into China um, your next threat is you're probably going to be picked up and sold into sexual slavery they'll take your passport uh, uh, they'll they'll say we're going to you're going to work off your debt to us and uh, they'll tell you when that time is and many of them never escape uh, they're sold into you know become uh, hookers over there yeah and, um, that's sad uh, they're trying to get back to their family in the south and they get picked up by the human traffickers in the border of China well I thought well okay I can understand that that could happen over there it's probably not a lot but no folks um, what's happening in America on our own borders would blow your mind and mind if we knew the true numbers um, I'm living in Indonesia right now I'm in Bali I've been here seven years and um, we refused to take the uh, the kill shots over here so it kind of hampered our ability to travel over here <laughs> until yeah. this past year and when they opened things up in the in country and now they don't ask you for anything so my wife had her first chance to go back in three years and visit some family over at a place called uh, Madan, Sumatra. And uh, she told me an interesting story when she got over there, Tom. She, she made it over, got to see her family, and the news going on around in that city was uh, there was a Indonesian woman who the community grabbed and they set her on fire and killed her. I said, that's horrible. What happened? Why did they do that? This girl, this lady, was kidnapping children and uh, selling them, uh, selling their body parts. Basically, I guess she was the person to grab them, and then the children disappeared, and uh, they were harvesting their organs. The community wow. got pissed off, and I would too, and they they uh, took care of it and uh, killed that lady. And I said, "Good for them. Sent a strong message." Uh, you know, I would do the same if someone tried to take my kids, but. Uh, these people are so quick. If you take your eye off your kid for a moment, uh, they could be snatched up. I've seen videos of kids kidnapped, uh, yeah. walking behind their parents in, in you know department stores. And folks, they're very quick. We had a guy on here some time back. He spent some time. He was Mexican. And he was telling us about south of the border. The cartels are grabbing up kids, and they'll harvest them right there. You know, like you're field harvesting a deer. And, uh, yeah. you know, they're so powerful, you know, and they paid off the, the federalities in many cases that nobody stops them. And kids are disappearing, and they're getting the organs right there on the spot in the backs of pickup trucks and town squares. I said, this is bizarre. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He said, no way. This is a true story. My friend was hiding in the bushes, uh, saw it firsthand, and he was afraid they would get him if he got out, kill him for, you know, what he witnessed. But it was going all over, and uh, there was a story of um, the cartels picked up this girl uh, from her mother, and uh, mother went hysterical. Where's my daughter? She's just been kidnapped. And uh, they managed to track one of the trucks that uh, that had picked up the girl right up to the border, and they were coming in through the uh, probably the um, San Isidro border uh, right there. Uh, Tijuana, Mexico, going into um, uh, uh, you know San Diego, going into Tijuana, Mexico, 
and she got up there and um, they caught the truck she thought she was going to get her daughter back the daughter was laying in the back seat long story short they'd already harvested her organs uh. and they were going through the border and they made it look like it was just a little girl sleeping but then the border patrol got them and then they told them the, uh, the mother you can't see your daughter and then she found out why they'd already harvested her organs and sometimes wow. they take the the carcass, if you that's a terrible word. They take the corpse, that's what I mean to say, of the child, yeah. and they'll put drugs in them and smuggle them to the border. Folks, this is just some of what they're doing out there. I had no idea until I just began to recently be bombarded with these news, and I couldn't ignore it anymore. Uh, being in deliverance for about 10 years, uh, I'd heard about SRA, but I really never encountered it on my own. One or two stories, some people, uh, one one lady I prayed for, she said she was a bride of Satan, and I didn't know if she was, you know, out of her mind or she actually was. I just didn't know. Uh, right. But, uh, I kind of relegated it, you know, to the side, and I didn't track it. Not anymore. This is right in our face, and so my desire is to learn all I can about it, and uh, we sure do miss uh, Russ Dizdor because he was the man. And uh, then I found out about you and your ministry. And I, I began to, I'm trying to learn more about who Russ was working with. And your name came up. And I said, I got to get Tom on here. He worked with Russ. <laughs> uh, I'm just finding out tonight you did a movie. I want you, Tom, to, this is an introduction to Tom Dunn. For those of us who are getting up to speed. What is this movie that uh, you did called Detestable? I just found out about it today. I'm going to watch it. Tell me about that. Well, so, um uh i i met russ when i reached out to him i told him i said hey i want to make a movie about what you do okay and i didn't really have any interest i'll be honest with you back then i didn't have any interest in helping anybody i just thought the topic was so sensational that it would make a great movie and i was kind of really into horror movies growing up and uh, i realized that uh, people were scared of these types of things i mean the number one uh, you know horror movie of all time was the exorcist and it scared the life out of people and i heard russ on the radio and i said your stuff is is scarier than that you know and uh so i reached out to him and he said okay if you want to do this then you know research this read this read this well um, I did that for almost 10 years and wow. he kind of took me under his wing and I never planned on um, working with Russ or helping anybody. That's just where I was in my life at the time. Well, the first person I helped was myself and I began to develop myself spiritually, become stronger in the Lord, grow closer to the Lord and just overcome things in my life that I never thought I could overcome. And uh, well, after a while, I felt this calling to make the movie again and uh, I prayed about it and prayed about it. And I said, Lord, if you want me to make this, open the door or close, you know, if not, close the door. Well, the door was wide open and everything kind of fell into place. So it's been about seven years ago now. Uh, you know, the movie is still relevant. It's evergreen as far as I'm concerned. But um, we set out, I had, I was working a full-time job. I had absolutely no funds to make this movie. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to make this happen. So the funds came in and the opportunity came in and I would fly out on the weekend and I went to Canada, I went to California, I went to Oregon, I went to uh, some places in Ohio and Kentucky and I tracked down the survivors and their testimonies and we made this movie. And of course, Russ Dizdar is in this movie. 
Um, he's he's kind of uh, it's built around basically um, his you know proclamations about satanic ritual abuse, what he learned, and we talk about the Nazis in the movie. We talk about the uh, the historical Satanists like LaVey, and uh, we talk about Crowley and all these people, and then we show uh, the survivors, the you know the firsthand testimony. Uh, of these rituals um, and this abuse. So um, the, the movie, you know, I hear people say, man, this is really dark. It is dark, but if you make it to the end, there is a message of hope. So um, it's, um, yeah, I can't believe it's been seven years ago now that uh, it's been since we made the movie. But, um, it's of cold. course, another per- um Go it's ahead. called Detestable. Uh, before you continue, yeah. where do people go to get a copy of this? Yeah, so uh, my website is called, it's uh, throughtheblack.com, and you can go there to find uh, all of our stuff, okay? Um, we have, um, of course, archives of shows. We've been doing shows for over five years, and you can, you know, you can click on that and hear what we talk about. We talk uh, we say we talk about spiritual warfare and stuff. We talk about a lot of stuff. It's very serious and that sometimes we have a lot of fun. But um, uh, you can go there and uh, in the store you can find the film Detestable. It's available uh, in hard copy on DVD, but it's also available to, to watch online uh, through Vimeo. So, yeah. I'm going to be watching it. Um, Detestable, folks. Uh, we're live with... Tom Dunn. Now, your main website, is it throughtheblack.com? Is that correct? Yeah, throughtheblack.com is the website. Okay. Correct. Now, um, what are you doing in 2023? What's uh, top on your radar? Well, we have, um, for a couple years now, uh, we've been doing, you know, we've been doing a number of things. We'll go, we speak at conferences, um, one of the main things we've been doing is we've been doing kind of a regular show. We're on a little bit of a break right now, but um, we do a show called Through the Black, and um, we talk about all of these topics. Uh, but, I mean, you know, plus things like um, uh, the Nephilim, plus things like AI, plus exposing when we can, you know, what happened with COVID, okay? And that whole debacle and that whole, you know, uh, pandemic. So, of course, that's gotten us in a lot of trouble. We have to go over on Rumble when we want to talk about that uh, because of the censorship. And, you know, we talk about, um, uh, man, we had a groundbreaking uh, testimony in the last few months of a woman. And I want to share this real quick. Yes. This is a woman who got groomed into the BDSM lifestyle. Okay. And uh, she was uh, she was uh, uh, basically um, had uh, turned her back on God and uh, got into a bad spot. She got groomed to the BDSM lifestyle, and they trained her to take pain, and they would trade her around. Okay, and um, different people would kind of like employ her to be her uh to be their submissive okay and they would torture her they would beat her and they brainwashed her into you know into doing this into accepting this so um and it, it was unbelievable because when she was on our show she revealed who these people were they were high level military they were high level law enforcement 
and one of the people was the owner uh, or um, excuse me the president of a children's hospital here in the united states these were the people that were involved in this and were doing this to her good grief um yeah and she, folks these are real stories and they're just multiplying yeah. every day uh in numbers um looking at America uh, are there particular states in America where you're more likely to see this uh, that would be like the uh, ground zero for um, you know SRA and there are what we believe are hot spots okay there are places for example uh, we have so many stories out of the northwest out of Oregon out of Washington um, uh, there are so many stories of satanic cults, covens, uh, and happening up there, survivors, you know, uh, coming out of there. So that's an example. But, you know, it's really, and I don't say this out of any kind of paranoia, just because just from the emails that we get and the, and the people that come to us, it's really everywhere. And it's anywhere they can hide, Okay. Uh, they like to pick rural areas, you know, uh, places that are heavily wooded where they can get away with what they're doing. But if they're powerful enough, if they have enough money, they can do it right there in their mansion, okay? Um, and they don't have to worry about getting caught. So, because, Absolutely. you know, everybody's bought off for one reason. Absolutely. You know, for, for one of the reasons, so. Um, so, when we're looking at, uh, like, a, a bird's eye view of human trafficking, um, it's not just one area, uh, not just a sex trade, for example. As you mentioned, it's um, body part harvesting. There's a big uh, market for or- organs. We know China's been doing it for years. You need a, yeah. an organ, get over and uh, put your order in, and they'll kill a fresh prisoner who's already been blood typed. Take whatever yeah. body part you want. You got the money. They'll do the operation. Uh, we know that that happens in the communist bloc. Um but to think it's going on in America now, and it, the, the sad truth, folks, it's going on everywhere. So understand the sex trade, uh, organ harvesting. Uh, also equally wicked is the uh, adrenochrome. People trying to uh, tap the fountain of youth, drinking the blood of tortured mm-hmm. victims. And then, of course, you've got the, uh, the, the group that are in the hardcore cult satanic ritual abuse i guess i could say um you've got the um when you get into sra where people are being kidnapped for human sacrifice to satan uh, is it only being done by the satanists in a grotto or do the wiccans do it uh, in their covens well um uh, i am by no means want to defend any wiccans but for the most part um they are involved what would be considered light level type of witchcraft okay uh i would say most of them don't want anything to do with that okay but they are uh vulnerable to be pulled into it okay because the enemy always wants to pull you in you know to darker uh places so um and they're involved you know uh engaging with demons okay and the devil doesn't care how he has you deceived whether you're a wiccan or a satanist as long as he's got you deceived he you know if he can get you by believing in aliens or taking you know becoming a drug addict he doesn't care so um but uh 
you know, it's a reality. Sometimes Wicca can be a cover for um, for Satanism. I mean, we've definitely seen that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, there are places, there are spiritualist places, and there are spiritualist towns in America. I'm thinking of, I want to say it was Lilydale, New York. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There's a whole town of occultists up there, you know, and, and witches. Uh, and you're not even allowed to live in that place unless you're a witch. I want to really? say it's Lilydale, New York, but I could be wrong about the name of that. Wow. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's real, and trafficking is happening uh, even in so-called, okay, Christian churches can be covers, okay, uh, for trafficking. We hear this all the time. Um, it, uh, there were just in the last... Uh, I don't know. It's been a little bit longer, but about five years ago, there were three pastors in the Toledo area of Ohio that got um, uh, indicted and convicted and sentenced for trafficking, okay? Good grief. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, it could be anywhere. I mean, just do a search of pastors and human trafficking. You'll find um, the stories are out there, right? That's and right. Um, uh, this is where we see that the bad guys, you know, um, have embedded themselves in the church. And I use that word very purposefully, embedded, because, um, uh, you know, we, we kind of use this word infiltrated. Um, that's, that's legitimate, but I think it's more accurate to say that um, these individuals have embedded themselves in the church, okay? in places, in government, okay, uh, in law enforcement. And I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not painting with a broad brush here, um, uh, but they're there, okay? Uh, we see this. So uh, we just have to, uh, you know, get as close to the Lord as possible so we can recognize what's going on. Uh, these uh, occultists and Satanists are running circles around the church uh, because they're just so unaware of what's happening. Big time. Um, I remember a few years ago, the term spirit cooking began to make news. And I remember seeing some footage of celebrities and there was politicians. Lady Gaga was out there and there was this, uh, who was that real creepy? Uh, Abramovich? Yeah. Yeah, Abramovich. Uh, Abramovich. Doing yes. all these um, under the guise of art uh, rituals, I mean, doing wicked stuff. Um, what What is going on there with the spirit cooking? Well, um, yeah, that was really interesting. And of course, um, uh, there was a um, there was basically a media blackout on that. Nothing to see here. But this was exposed through the Clinton Podesta emails. Okay, uh, yeah. John Podesta, who was uh, directly connected uh, campaign manager for Hillary Clinton had some weird uh, language in some of his emails, and they're like, what is this guy talking about, okay? Um, and then they found it was connected to uh, Abramovich. Uh, man, I can't remember her first name. But... Um, Marina uh, who, Abramovich, yep. Marina, yeah, Marina Abramovich, who, uh, that was the first time she was on our radar, too, so we began to look into her. This woman has been involved in the occult for years, all kinds of crazy stuff, and calling it art, okay, and you can go look at the quotes of, uh, you know, uh, of using blood and all this stuff and uh, just the creepy connections of John Podesta and his brother and, and the weird um, 
emails where they're talking about having a hot dog party and all this crazy stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's real. Look at, you know, we could talk about Weinstein. We could talk about Epstein, okay? Right. And, and all of these connections. Um, I met Russ about 15 years ago, and um, it was it was in 2008, right? Yeah, that was the year. And that's the year I got red-pilled. I met Russ, and I was aware of these things. When, I, when Russ and I got together, we began praying for exposure. And uh, over the years, we've seen all of this crazy stuff, you know? Um, I, I would tell my wife about this. I'm like, oh, you're not going to believe, you know, what Russ said today, you know? And she's, she's getting the inside scoop, you know, about this and this. And then we see it on the news, okay, over and over. And, it's of course, it's just mentioned you know, uh, in passing a lot of times, but, um, it's, it's come out, you know, basically, uh, been unveiled, uh, in a way like we've never seen before celebrity whistleblowers. Okay. Uh, we already, we knew this stuff. Okay. We instinctively knew this stuff, but, um, uh, now it's coming out and they're just, you know, they just act like it's nothing, you know, and we could talk about politics. We could talk about, you know, um, Hunter Biden, okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, why, why in the world does this guy have a tattoo on his back of the finger lakes? Okay? And you can go look up this picture. Well, what a bizarre tattoo to have on your back, but right. that's a location in New York, the finger lakes, where a lot of elites go and vacation. They have mansions. There's trafficking that goes on there. Okay? As sick of the, as the things that, that Hunter's been involved in, it's possible that he... He was brought up in this. He was a, you know, uh, he started out as a victim. Now he's a perpetrator, you know? Right. It looks that way to me. Um, like father, like son. Uh, we know yeah. his, his, his dad's creeped out. And then you're right. What? Why would you put that tattoo on your back? Um, of course, I, w- we've heard stories of what happened out at Bohemian Grove. And I believe those stories that they were exposed. Yeah. But that's just one of many locations, compounds, places where the elite can go and if you got enough money you can set up anything and of course yeah. uh, uh, when you consider you got poli- uh, judges politicians in on this um, it's it's widely believed that Epstein uh, had a honeypot operation going on over there and if you went over to his island and did any hanky panky he got you he's got you on film yeah. uh, they own you at that point uh, just like um J. Edgar Hoover, I heard a story that he was a cross-dresser. And the mob set him up, according to Anthony Russo, uh, the Hollywood godfather, and said they uh, mm-hmm. set him up in a, uh, a gay club, and he had taken a vacation up there with his lover, and they caught him in, uh, in women's dress, and they basically said, we got you now. You're going to lay off the mob? Or you were going to blow this thing wide open, and uh, he did lay off the mob and went in a different direction. Um, you know, highest level of government. You had a guy who was uh, a pervert. I mean, that, now that's just common, commonplace. Look at uh, some of the people that Obama's got up there in government. Have you seen that guy? Uh, he says he's a woman, but he's actually a man. Okay, and he's like a four-star admiral, and he's at this party, and he's got a military uniform from the waist up and the waist down. He's got uh, skirt with pantyhose and he was next to this bald headed dude uh, like a unisex guy who was uh, recently on the lam he was stealing people's luggage and these guys were working with nuclear 
energy programs. I, I forget his name. He's on a cabinet. You know what? If if I wrote a, a script for a movie and I turned it in, they would reject it. They're like, no way. There's no way. This is too crazy. But it's real. It's real. It's just completely insane that uh, the stuff that they get away with and they do. And, um, man, I, I just watched this movie last week. I can't remember the name of it. Um, oh, shoot. It's called The Great Awakening. And they made the connection of what happened in communist China and how uh, the communists tried to um, basically take away the identity, you know, of uh, of their people there. They shaved their heads and they put them all in the same color um, clothing and tried to erase their gender. Okay, and we're seeing the same thing today. Yes. Um, I, I mean, it's insane. No um, man, no you know, woman. We, we were talking about. Go ahead. They just want to call everybody comrade. Yes. Yes. Unisex. Yeah. Um, we were talking about uh, cannibalism and blood drinking a little bit ago. So uh, I grabbed this book off my shelf. And uh, th- uh, I'll just mention this real quick. It's mention- by a guy named Kurth Bake Barker, actually. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Spell that for me but, because I love books. Uh, yeah. K E R T H. Kurth Barker. B A R K E R. Okay. And the name of the book, okay, the name of the book is is pretty intense. It's called Cannibalism, Blood Drinking, and High Adept Satanism. Whoa. Now, let me say this. I don't endorse some of the conclusions of this book, but I believe the testimony is real, okay? And um, this guy has testimony out of the 60s and 70s of behind-the-scenes Satanism, okay? And... One of the things that they tried to set this guy up to be was an influencer. And they married him to another boy when he was a little kid, okay? And they said, you, they said this back in probably uh, the early 70s, you are going to uh, be one of the leaders to erase gender and to erase, you know, um, just the idea of... uh, normal sexuality okay and satanists were setting and grooming people to be homosexual leaders back in the day and when i say satanists i'm talking about you know elites okay they could be bankers they could be politicians they could be um just invisible people behind the scenes that uh, you know these um these people that are independently wealthy and they got their wealth maybe through trafficking or whatever. So I just mentioned that because um, the uh, the testimony in this book uh, is gut wrenching. And um, if if you want to take a dive into the deep end, check it out: cannibalism, blood drinking, and high adept Satanism. Well, it shows they've had this agenda for some time, and look how it's culminating now. This month yeah. of uh, being proud of uh, being sexually confused. I mean. God's not there out there confusion. We know who who is Satan is, and there is a uh, uh, in your face. They're bullying people and trying to force us to accept uh, new pronouns. Hell no. Uh, I'm like this: if if you don't have sperm, you're not a man. Yeah. And if you don't have menstruation, you're not a woman. Or did I right. say that right? Well, only women. Yeah. Excuse me. Only women can have menstruation. Only a man can have sperm. Uh, right. As one guy said, uh, I don't care what your ideology is. It's not going to change the biology. Um, 
These people are crazy. But uh, the common denominator here is Satan. And uh, he's looking to bore all the lines. Um, he's looking to demonize people. Um, I had heard that if you are in a, a satanic grotto, you're going to be in that world, um, you have to be sodomized. Uh, I understand that those that were following Aleister Crowley, uh, they use that as a ritual to gain demonic power. They would sodomize one another. You know, we've heard about orgies and yeah. sexual, you know, rituals and things like that. But I mean, uh, they basically, they'll make you into a homosexual. And uh, yeah. it's everywhere out there. This is gross darkness. <clears throat> um, yeah. And in the film, uh, Detestable, um, Greg Reed, who was one of the um, uh, one of the people in the book that told his story, very compelling story, Dr. Gregory Reed, he was a survivor that went on to become an investigator. Wow. And uh, he's still very involved in the fight. Um, but he talked about what happened to him and uh, how they used him in a ritual to, um, when he was a little kid, they forced him to sacrifice his friend and then they sexually abused him and he called it inculcation okay Ooh. it was definitely part of the ritual and it was uh it was basically for control uh it was just as much um physical you know spiritual as it was physical tom um what what was the main goal of russ and you when y'all were pursuing this together uh is it to uh, inform and expose uh, also to help those that may come forth and with a story that they were sexually abused to get some help. Uh, beyond that, though, is there anything that can be done to shut this thing down with now so many politicians uh, being compromised? I mean, what do we actually do? Can it be stopped at this point? What are the goals? Well, yeah, that's a, that's an easy answer. The main goal was the gospel, okay. that there's hope for everyone. And uh, we didn't care if we were going on a mission or we were going to the gas station. We were going to try to find a way to share the truth and the love and the hope. Um, and we didn't care if somebody was involved in Satanism or somebody was, you know, struggling with drugs. You know, uh, we just wanted to reach them with the truth. Um, I, I believe there is hope, and I believe that God wants this exposed. Okay, of course, uh, you know, the film Detestable. We get that word from Ezekiel chapter 8, where Ezekiel was taken and shown what was happening in the temples in the middle of the night. And uh, God called it detestable, okay? So uh, we know God wants this exposed, and um, um, I, I think we've, we've uh, uh, gotten a lot of ground, and we've seen victories, and I believe we're going to see more. Uh, some, day, some days I feel pretty defeated. I'm like, oh, man, are we going to see justice? Ultimately, they'll never get away, you know, from the long arm of the law. But uh, I think we just have to uh, share the love, share the truth of Christ and the gospel and, uh, you know, stand up and expose this stuff. Don't be afraid of it. Christians are afraid. We have no reason to be afraid. God is on our side. Yes. And uh, the powers, uh, the, the powers of darkness, stand absolutely no chance when the light shows up. And I'm talking about the light of Jesus Christ. So, um, uh, I believe we have a lot of hope, and uh, we just got to stand up. We got to be aware, and uh, we want to teach people. We want to see them equipped, and uh, uh, we want to see this stuff exposed. A few more questions, and then we'll close this <coughs> yeah. program. This is just an introduction to Tom. I want to get you back, brother. 
once a month uh, as you have availability yeah. and have you do some training over here, give us updates, anything you can help sure. us with. Um, have you heard about the movie uh, by Jim? It's with Jim Caviezel, Sound of Freedom. I don't know if it's out yet or not. It's supposedly supposed to uh, be a story about going after human trafficking. Has anybody seen that yet? Are you familiar? I have not seen the movie, and I don't know where it's showing at. That, that's one I want to see. And people keep sending me the trailer. Um, yeah, I definitely want to see that movie. It looks really good. Um, There's also so, a report um, that Mel Gibson, I don't know if it's true or not, he's working on a four-part series. Um, he's supposed to blow the cover on human trafficking in Hollywood. I don't know. Have you heard anything on that one? I have not heard that, but uh, I would love to see it if he did, and I think Mel Gibson would be a good guy to do it. Uh, so, Newsweek said Mel Gibson's allegedly making a four-part docuseries on the $34 billion global child traffic, sex trafficking market involving countries like Ukraine. That'll be interesting. Uh, this guy yeah. always makes great movies. Um, i got to ask you this. Um, the death of Russ Dizdar was shocking. Uh, he's doing a meeting, and then uh, he didn't make it very long after that, and then his wife died. Uh, about that same time, within a few weeks, Rob Skiba, which also was on this program, dies. We've lost a lot of these great men and women of God. Uh, do you have any thoughts on on his death? Uh, I think somebody yeah. took him out, personally. Um, so, the last night that I saw Russ, um, I got to his house, and uh, I was actually taking him some medicine, Okay. Yes. And the moment, pretty much the moment I arrived, I got a phone call that Rob had passed away. So Rob passed away the the night that we saw Russ, okay? And we believe that, that Rob was taken by, uh, you know, he was killed by the protocol, okay? Yes. Uh, l- l- let me throw this out to you real quick, Shannon. I don't know if you can get get her. I know she'd be willing to come on. Ro- uh, Sheila Skiba, Rob's uh, widow, is doing interviews, and okay. she can... Sh- she would be really good to have on the show. Okay. So um, Russ was pretty sick that night. I saw him, and uh, I, I took him some medicine. Um, I, uh, you know, it's going to go down in the books as a COVID death, okay? Um, I, I don't know what else to say about that. Uh, I do know that there were people that were uh, – you know, wanting to kill Russ and that had threatened to kill Russ, okay? Uh, I know that in the months prior, but I cannot say that that's what happened, okay? But we know that they wanted him dead, and um, uh, but we, we don't have any evidence other than that. There, there were some times in the months prior where we were out on the field, and I was very concerned about his life, I will say that. Because he was doing some dangerous encounters, and I I advised him not to do it. To be honest with you, okay. I, that kind of dovetails um, to the question. Yeah. In the line of work that you're doing, did y'all ever get any death threats? I mean, as you're exposing this stuff, was there any pushback? Uh yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of that kind of thing over the years, and Russ experienced it more than I have. And then, you know, we had people even openly, you know, doing rituals against us and telling us they were doing rituals against us. Uh, Before, um, a few years before Russ passed away, he he had a situation where he couldn't walk for weeks and weeks, you know. 
and uh, you can find this uh, testimony on the on a, on an archive of the Hagman report. But he he talks about how his mother in law came up in his room and prayed for him, and she said the devil did this to you and prayed over him, and he was up, you know, in a couple weeks. Russ was a man. I'll tell you what. In my opinion, he was the best of the best. Okay, but he was only human. Uh, he learned the hard way. Uh, for years and years and years, he got tricked. And uh, when he was tricked, he was able to take that and learn, learn that. And um, I got to be mentored, you know, by him. And I got to ask him, you know, all these questions. What about what about this, Russ? What about this? And he would say, No, it's not safe. No, it's not safe. We can't do this. We can't do this. Um, I I think Russ got very sick, and um, there, you know, there was just. Uh, a crazy, you know, and I, I'm afraid to be too, um, I'm trying not to be too personal, but I'm afraid people will think that I'm being vague for a reason that I'm trying to cover something up. I'm not trying to cover anything up. Um, Russ got sick. Okay. It's appointed, you know, on demand to die. And I have a hard time losing Russ. And, um, he was a very, very close friend. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I appreciate everything that he did and the importance of that and what he meant to everybody, especially his family. Yes. And we're thankful for that. But the hardest thing for me for losing Russ was he was just such a good friend. Oh, yes. He was he was just such a good friend. And I just, I'm even now, I'm tore up over it. Um, um, a few weeks so, ago, uh, a friend said they were trying to find Russ's book um, the uh, Satanic Black Awakening, the Super Soldier book, and yes, the websites are still up. But I was told I can't find a copy of this anywhere. And I said, "Well, surely I, we can find a copy." I like to find hard to find books, so I went on the hunt. I searched for four hours; it was gone everywhere. Yeah, um, I finally made contact with his uh, his daughter. I understand she was the only child they had, Charity. Yeah. And then I, I was able to get to the, the horse's mouth, and I said, hey, Charity, what happened to the book? People looking for it, just gone. It disappeared. Now, she told me that Lulu Press decided to pull everything. So I yeah. think there was a concerted effort to try to stop him. And uh, my question to you is, uh, and maybe, and you, you, know the, you know the family uh as good as anybody, mm-hmm. I want to encourage you uh, to see if y'all can resurrect these books and get them back out there, and even on a Kindle format. Uh, do you think there's any possibility of that in the future that these will come back? Because yeah, uh, I do. I do think that, and I I have heard that Charity is working on doing that. And just like Russ, when he was writing the book, Russ went under some crazy spiritual attacks. Him and his wife did. Okay, I was there. It was over ten years ago, and I remember. I remember it going down. Um, so, and Charity stepped out to do the same thing, and she's working on, um, on you know, just updating the book as far as you know, connecting Russ's legacy, and okay. then you know, fixing some like uh, there were a lot of spelling mistakes in the book. Oh, when Russ put the book out, he he was under such duress that he said, you know what, we just got to put it out because the attack was so crazy. And uh, his wife was editing the book, and something happened where 
she kind of blacked out. She lost her vision. They took her to the hospital. They ran a bunch of tests on her, and they could not figure what had happened. Wow. And Russ said, I'm just going to put the book out uh, because, I, you know, even though I know there's, you know, it needs some editing, um, we're just going to put it out, and that's what he did. And there's like, you know, 27 spelling mistakes, and but that's the story behind it. So Charity has been undergoing some uh, spiritual warfare as well. Uh, I don't know firsthand, but I've just heard this. And uh, anybody listening to this wants to say a prayer for charity, uh, I would encourage it. Folks, uh, this stuff needs to come out. Again, there's a whole new generation of people that are just coming on board. They need to get up to speed, and these books uh, can help with that. So pray for them that they'll be able to get it back into print. I literally couldn't find a copy anywhere. I said, this is... This is crazy. I checked Abe Books, eBay, Amazon. I did deep dives, crawled Google sites, hoping somebody left a PDF online somewhere. Couldn't find nothing. And uh, thankfully, we were able to track down Charity. And then she said she had still had a few copies. But, yeah, that's what I'd heard. She uh, had told me that uh, yeah. Moo had just pulled everything. And so, just like the devil, to try to squash it. Uh, Tom, as we're preparing to close here in just a second, um, are you planning any follow-ups to your movie anything like that you might like to do are you working on any books yourself um any Um, thoughts on that you know we have a lot of things that we want to do it's just a matter of um the opportunity i have been planning a a, basically a follow-up to detestable for years and i'm waiting for the right interviews and it takes a while to make these things happen um the one person i want to interview is not willing to be interviewed yet Okay. So, um, uh, but yeah, we want to do stuff we're doing, you know, and, uh, even though we're not putting out any kind of like longer documentaries, we are exposing this stuff on a regular basis. We just had an interview a couple months ago with, um, the mother of the Hampstead children. First interview she did in a couple years. Wow. And, uh, that was on our channel through the black. Um, and she tells her whole story. Okay. So, um, and, Again, nobody, you know, this is a very famous case from the UK, Elisa and Gabriel, the Hampstead children, and um, we talked with uh, their mother, Ella Gariva, and she, you know, she told the whole story, so. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, now, yeah. when can people tune in to your broadcast, and where do they go? Uh, throughtheblack.com is the best place to, uh, to link to us, and when you go to throughtheblack.com, you'll see just basically the uh the thumbnails to the shows there that'll take you to our youtube page okay for as long as as that's going to be up you know that's we kind of walk a tightrope there trying to be able to put the you know to put the stuff out but um either way if we disappear off of youtube you can always go to throughtheblack.com because we're going to be doing podcasts in the future we're going to be doing we're also on rumble as well that's excellent. Rumble, uh, you can also try BitChute. Uh, by the way, uh, you can set up Rumble and BitChute uh, to actually take anything uploaded to YouTube and automatically import it. You don't have to upload it at the same time. I was, before I closed my StreamYard account uh, about two months ago, uh, I was doing uh, YouTube, Facebook, let me see, Twitch, Twitter, there's DLive, MixCloud, and then uh, YouTube would feed those two channels. I was hit so hard that I just um, I just 
pulled it all and um, ended up going back to what I do best, which is podcasting, just straight audio. But um, keep that in mind. If um, if YouTube does go down, uh, BitChute is also a pretty good platform back up to yeah. Rumble. Sadly, there's not a lot out there. We need to create them somehow because uh, that's what the plan is for these globalists is try to squash us all and not give us any options to get out there. Also, Substack right. is pretty good for blogs. So far, so good on Substack.com. A lot of people are going over there where they're being shut down on other forums. Um, is there a way that people can support you in your ministry if they'd like to give to? You know what? Um, we um, we do rely on support, and we are so appreciative of uh, anything anybody could do. We, you know, of course, we have things like T-shirts. You know, different than any anybody else. We do it in our own in our own way. You can see oh, that there. Cool. Uh, we have a line called Ezekiel Eight. We have um, uh, the movies, and then there's also a support tab on the. Um, on the website as well. Do you have uh, PayPal or Cash App or Zelle, anything like that? Uh, it's uh, it's PayPal, yeah. Okay. And give the website out again, please. It's uh, throughtheblack.com, T-H-R-O-U-G-H, throughtheblack.com. Folks, this is an introduction to Tom Dunn. And uh, I want to thank you, Tom, for coming on today, my friend. What an honor to have you here. And uh, we've got a lot to learn over here on our side here, so... We would sure love to have you back and do some teaching and training and um, just share whatever God gives you. Um, hey, thank you, Shannon. I am looking forward to coming back. Folks, tune into his broadcast on YouTube and also podcast, throughtheblack.com. And if you haven't seen the movie, like me, I'm going to get it. I'm going to watch it this week, uh, Detestable by Tom Dunn. You want to close us in prayer, my friend? Yeah. Father, again, we just give you thanks. We give you praise, Lord, and uh, we just ask for your provision, Lord, um, for your guidance as we walk through this dark world, Lord. As we walk through the black, you are our light, God, and uh, I just ask uh, for a blessing and protection over Shannon and his family, God, and just that you would use this broadcast to touch hearts and minds, Lord. And uh, we just ask that uh, you would help us to expose this wickedness and share your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I say amen to that. Tom, thank you for making this time available for us, brother. I'll be back in touch with you and uh, get you a copy of the show. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Sounds great. Thank you.